It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. The Adam Ritz Show is with Delta Kappa Epsilon the National Convention with Deeks, and we are broadcasting in front of this live studio audience. All right. Thank you so much. That is uh, some warm love from the Deeks. Uh, Delta Kappa Epsilon, and uh, we're honored to be here with you gentlemen, uh, with your national convention, and we are here to promote your community service, your philanthropy, college kids, fraternity guys, they get involved with their communities and raise money and awareness for great causes, and we welcome to the show now Parker. Uh, Parker, what's your last name? Lawson. Parker Lawson, and what's your campus? Center College in Danville, Kentucky. Center College, uh, Danville, Kentucky. Beautiful campus. That's actually where we are today, um, Center College. Um, and you are an undergrad still, or are you Correct. part of the national staff? Correct, undergraduate. Undergrad now? Senior. Okay, senior. So, uh, real quick, how, how have you liked college? It's been an amazing experience so far. I've traveled the world and uh, met some amazing guys, and can't wait for senior year. Okay, traveled the world. I need some more details. Uh, I just spent the last five months uh, outside of Barcelona, Spain, studying abroad. Uh, and I was just working on my major, and I've also been to Israel and Palestine and Costa Rica. Man, I want to go back to college. I spent five years in West Lafayette, Indiana, at Purdue. I wish we would have gone overseas for one of those semesters. Do you uh, uh, advise every student to tackle that? I think it's a great experience. It not only helps your, uh, you know, your development as a college student, but your, your personal development as well. So there's the professional aspect, and then you just learn how to live on your own when you're in a completely different context, especially if there's a different language that you're working on or maybe not familiar with. Uh, you grow up fast when you're in another country. You speak Spanish? I do. No kidding. Did you speak it well before you went? Or you, you just being there for five months after a month, you got it down? Yeah, a little bit of both. I've studied it for seven years, but uh, uh, there's, uh, there's no better way to learn a language than to be in the context and uh, have it all around you. You know, an hour a day, three times a week on a college campus is great, but uh, 24-7, you, you can't top it. And then the people uh, that lived there, when they met you and learned you were from America, what were some of their initial questions? Did they ask you about American football or Obama? What, were their, what was their reaction? Uh, I think they were just excited to see the United States lose in the World Cup because we're not used to losing in this country. So, uh, and then they, you know, they always like to ask questions about Obama and, and Bush. And uh, you'd be amazed at how, how, how much students, especially from other countries, know about American politics. If you reverse it and you ask American students how much they know uh, about international politics, half of them can't tell you who the president of France is right now. Yeah. Uh, but I had conversations about you know, the impact of the Trayvon Martin case and what's going on with our health care and, and our gun reform. Uh, it's amazing to see how, how much students are learning in other countries about us and how little we're learning about them. That is an interesting point and a, a fantastic tangent we just got off about Parker's college career. Back to 
Center College now in Danville, Kentucky, with your Delta Kappa Epsilon chapter. Tell us about your community service projects. Sure. So we partner with a local organization called the Heart of Kentucky United Way. It's a philanthropic organization that administratively and financially supports other 501c3s in the community. They support 30 organizations and about 60 projects every year with financial support and administrative support. And so about three years ago, we partnered with them because there are so many great causes in our community, uh, but the Heart of Kentucky United Way has the resources to support and develop these programs that um, are doing good and, uh, you know, for victims of sexual assault, to uh, immigrants from different countries, to kids who need extra help in school. And so it's a great way for us to partner with one organization who's doing great work uh, across the community in a variety of ways. So you've partnered with them, and do you have a signature event at your chapter where you build some contraption to raise money or awareness? So 30 years ago, the Deeks at Center uh, did this event called the Leapfrogathon, and they would start from this campus and leapfrog all the way to the capital in Frankfurt, which is 43.1 miles away. Uh, and, so, and so 30 years later, uh, we did it again. Uh, and we started here in the pouring rain, and the boys made it all the way to Frankfurt 12 hours later, and they were met by the governor's staff. And in the process, they raised about $3,000, uh, which is 3000 of about $20,000 that we've raised for the Heart of Kentucky United Way over the last two years. Any back problems? Uh, I think they had back problems before, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's a good thing that we have a physician on, on staff here at the college. I think he was pretty busy afterwards. Well, I, I'll do call me. I'll donate to that cause. I, I look at it this way. I'd rather give you money than do that myself. I don't want to leapfrog <laughs> 42 miles. Okay, well, Parker, uh, we appreciate your hard work and your philanthropy. And uh, for all the deeks here at the National Convention, let's give yourselves one more round of applause. Thank you so much for hosting the Adam Ritz Show. Catch up with The Adam Ritz Show online. Podcasts of recent shows, including this one, can be found at adamritzshow.com. Like us on Facebook at Facebook slash Adam Ritz Show or follow at Adam Ritz on Twitter. The Adam Ritz Show scours the United States of America to find uh, inspirational stories. We also report on community service and leadership and philanthropies. And we have found a story at Huntington University that you've got to hear that involves all of these aspects, uh, leadership and community service and inspiration. And our guest to describe this uh, to us is Sam Barrett from Huntington University. He's also a student athlete. You're on the soccer team. This is Sam Barrett. Hi, Sam. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I uh, was inspired when I heard what you were up to, which began as a, a little post, uh, maybe a, a challenge or a, a tweet or an Instagram. And now, months later, it's an actual national push. It's a national initiative to help out someone that you've known uh, from your hometown. Uh, give us the history on what we're talking about. This is an amazing inspirational story. Uh, Sam Barrett, take it away. All right. So uh, it was actually last year, me and my friends were just hanging out. I have a close group of friends back home and my friend Tori is one of them. She was born without one of her hands. And uh, so one night, she's really comfortable with it. Uh, one of my friends sent out a tweet, hashtag, it was hashtag hand for Tori. And at first it was almost like a joke because she's cool with it, you know. And uh, then we were thinking like, what if we could really push for this and try to get her a bionic hand? Absolutely. Through social media, you know, get a hashtag out there and uh, get a, a movement, make it viral, get 
maybe a million people on board to help your friend Tori get a hand. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, so we stayed up all night tweeting it. We got a bunch of people to do it. And uh, we thought we had it off big and we had something going, but no attention right away. And then one of my friends found uh, a contest online from The Buried Life. It used to be a show on MTV. And their contest was, what do you want to do before you die? So we entered in. He entered in that we want to get our friend Tori a hand. And they, that, they said they never heard any requests like that or anything that someone wants to do. So they picked that one out and they sent our friend Tori and our other friend Cam out to L.A. and announced it there. So your friend Tori was featured on an MTV show called The Buried Life. She was on the show? Um, sort of. Not really. She was at this conference. Um, in It was on UCLA's campus, and they took her there, and that's just where they announced it. But, um, yeah, The Buried Life were the ones who announced it to her. So Okay, so The Buried Life producers say, we've never heard a request like this, that you want to get your friend a hand. She doesn't have a hand. You want to get her a hand, a bionic hand, I'm guessing. Um, what kind of request do they usually get? Um, I think it's more like like things like I want to go skydiving or yeah, something. meaningless, just trivial junk. I want to go to a Bears game, you know, stuff like that. I want to go to Disney World. Yeah. Um, okay, so you come through with something really meaningful. We want to get our friend, and it wasn't like you're saying I want to get myself a hand. You want to get this for somebody else. So it's even more powerful that it's coming third-person-wise that you want to do something for somebody else. Okay, so The Buried Life gets a hold of this, uh, and then what happens? Uh, And then they got um, attention. They tried to find someone who would donate the hand, so they went through. It's called Hanger Clinic, and with the help of Invisible Children, who also helped get the story out. And uh, they Hanger Clinic made it happen, and they actually donated a Bionic hand to Tori for free. The Hanger Clinic, mm-hmm. and you know, I don't know if you have the number off the top of your head, but I can't imagine that a bionic hand is not super uber expensive. Do you do you have any idea what a bionic hand costs? Uh, it's over a hundred thousand dollars. Okay, so yeah, wow. And the Hanger Clinic comes through, sees the story through this MTV mm-hmm. show, comes through and, and gets your friend Tori a bionic hand. Uh, when she got that hand, were you were you there? Were you part of this process? Did you get to see how she learned how to use it? Or uh, tell us about after she got the hand. Uh, when they announced that they were going to give her the hand uh, in LA, I was actually at preseason in soccer, so I got to watch it online. Uh, but then uh, later in the season, um, I got to go home for a weekend, and we went to Hanger Clinic with Tori and all my friends, and we got to see her use it for the first time and. She was like tying, she tied her shoes, she like curled her hair with it, and it was just amazing to see her using it as a normal hand. That is unbelievable that uh, what started out as a hashtag moved forward and with some national attention, the hanger clinic comes through. Now, let me get the spelling right on the hanger clinic. Is it like uh, like an airplane hanger? Like H A N G A R, the hanger clinic? G E R. E R, okay, H A N G E R clinic, the hanger clinic. Uh, we're going to Google them, and I encourage our listeners to check them out. Uh, do you know what else they do, the hanger clinic? Um, a lot of it is with, like, artificial limbs and, like, bionic stuff like that. So. Okay, so they put together a, a video that's on YouTube that's that's her getting the hand. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, tell us about the video. Yeah, the video was actually put together by The Buried Life. Um, they put it together. They, like, they had one of their guys come to the hanger clinic and record and take shots for us, and, uh, yeah, it was crazy. The video kind of just explains the whole process and how it started. It has Tori, and then her dad talks in it as well. And then my friends and I were all in it, too. And, uh, yeah, it just shows her using it by the end. And 
It's great. So the MTV producers put together this high-quality video. It's on YouTube right now. Uh, go search. All you need to do is search her name, and you'll find this video. Over 400,000 views. It's Tori Biddle. And the easy way to remember the spelling on this is two R's and two D's. Two R's and two D's. Tori, T-O-R-R-I, Biddle, B-I-D-D-L-E. Search Tori Biddle on YouTube watch that video. And there's another reason to watch that video, not just to be inspired by this great story, but you were telling me off mic before we started this interview that if they get a million views on this video, what's going to happen? Yeah, if it gets to a million views, Hanger Clinic is going to donate another bionic can to someone in need. So That is amazing. And so I'm just going to assume or maybe throw out the next challenge that maybe uh, if, if that video of that person getting a hand gets a million views, then they'll do it again for somebody else. They've got to do that. The precedent has been set. <laughs> yeah, you never know what happens, so it's crazy. Okay, do you know how they're going to find the next candidate or uh, who's going to know it, nominate them or how are they going to come forward? I honestly have no clue on that, but I just know they said it will be someone in need of a hand just like Tori was. So That is just an amazing story. Sam Barrett, uh, soccer player at Huntington University. Uh, this is just his personal testimony, a friend of his from his hometown with an amazing inspirational story. These stories are all over America, and it's one of the, the greatest uh, parts about hosting this radio show is when we meet people like you, they get involved, get off their couch. In fact, I'm gonna, that's going to be a slogan or a hashtag. I might write a book called Get Off Your Couch because nothing really happens in your community if you sit on your couch with a remote control in your hand, get off your couch, make something happen. Uh, Sam Barrett got involved with a friend of his that, that needed a hand, and now she's got a bionic hand. It's a $100,000 hand, uh, thanks to the Hanger Project. Uh, watch this video online again. Search Tori Biddle, and you'll know exactly what we're talking about. Sam, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and sharing this story with us, and I want to wish you the best of luck here at uh, Huntington University. Thank you. Yeah, it was my pleasure coming on. Just remember to watch the video, and let's try to get it to a million. Million views. Here we go. The Adam Ritz Show. Fellowship, leadership, and philanthropy. We're going to go out to California now with one of our contributors, T.J. Brazel. T.J. is caught up with Landron and Mary Kelly. They are the parents of Terrence Kelly, and uh, they founded the Terrence Kelly Youth Foundation. And that name might sound familiar to you because the uh, new movie, When the Game Stands Tall, is about... Uh, the Terrence Kelly story. Terrence Kelly was uh, shot and killed in 2004, and Lantern and Mary Kelly have uh, moved forward with this foundation. The movie has been made, and our very own T.J. Brazel is now with the parents of Terrence Kelly to talk about this. Thanks, Adam. I'm here on the morning of the Terrence Kelly Youth Foundation Gala with Landron Kelly and his wife, Mary. Um, at De La Salle High School. Thank you guys both for being here. Now, with the release of When the Game Stands Tall, Terrence's story is now nationally known, but what's a little lesser known is that in the wake of his death, you guys created this foundation in memory of him. Can you tell us a little more about the foundation and what the goal of it is? Uh, the goal of it is was to break the cycle of violence. You know, because usually in our neighborhoods, it's just retaliation after retaliation, more blood is shed and everything. So we wanted to break the cycle of violence as a family and provide educational tools so these kids can overcome these circumstances that they have to deal with every day. 
Well, the goal, like you said, I second that, but also we know, we found through doing this for the 10 years that we've been doing it is that it's not only the boys. People put a lot of focus on the young men. I brought to Landry's attention that the young ladies needed attention as well. Um, so we started the Angels program because a lot of the girls were either carrying the guns, carrying the drugs, or just doing all these senseless acts because the boys had them doing it, telling them they wouldn't get in any trouble, or they wouldn't get in as much trouble. So again, we put the focus on the girls, and we, we have been able to help a lot of kids throughout the program, um, boys and girls, but mainly with, with the young ladies, we're providing them the tools of self-esteem. We're giving them that self-esteem, that boost of self-esteem. It, it has changed their whole attitude tremendously and it brought up their grades in doing that it just makes them carry themselves like young ladies and that that's the true goal of the foundation portion for the girls uh, we put a lot of emphasis on education we try to force them to further their education um, and we have a lot of people that know that this foundation is working so they're being very supportive and they're giving us the tools that we need to provide them for all the children that's fantastic now for the people listening, if there's anything that they want to find out more or they want to donate or find out some way they can get involved, what would be the best way for them to contact you guys to get involved? They can call 510-593-7408. Uh, That's the foundation business phone. They can go to the website and look up tkyf28.org, or they can personally email me at tk. Youth Foundation at Hotmail.com. Awesome. Now, I've seen you guys have done a lot of different interviews with the release of the movie and with everything coming to light now, more so about Terrence than people used to know. Is there anything that you guys haven't really gotten a chance to say that you guys want to talk about or any upcoming, any upcoming things with the Youth Foundation that you guys kind of want to let know to the public? Well, the main thing is that we would like to see a Terrence Kelly Youth Foundation building itself with a statue of Terrence in front of that building. That is our ultimate goal. That is something that we're working toward right now. Um, we've been blessed to be able to work out of the YMCA. We are thankful for that. But our ultimate goal is to get our own building. And the way I see it, hopefully within the next two to five years, we'll have that through all the people with their generous contributions and their love and support. I know that we will get that building. That's awesome. I, I fully agree that that is coming in the near future. Now, again, if there's anyone uh, out there that wants to find out more contact, the way to contact would be either through tkyf28.org, Landron's number at 510 5937408 or the email tkyouthfoundation at hotmail.com so that's all from from De La Salle back to the Adam Ritz show thank you very much get socially technical with the Adam Ritz show Facebook Adam Ritz show Twitter at Adam Ritz it's social technically in Dallas Texas at Dallas Cowboys facility with Calvin Hill hi Calvin thanks for joining us well thank you thank you for you know coming to Dallas and sharing with our team well, Calvin, uh, you might remember, is a running back uh, with the Dallas Cowboys. What is your role with the team now? I am a consultant um, in the area of player development, um, and I've been doing that for about 12, 13 years. Um, 
And it's been an interesting, you know, journey mm -hmm. f for me. And, and player development, the quick 10-second explanation uh, for, you know, a lot of fans at home uh, aren't familiar with that term. It's even almost a new concept um, uh, in the last 10 years with, with college football uh, and the pros have really come up with this term. How, what do you do with, with the team, with player well, development? What we try to do is, I mean, you know, the way things are today, you know, fame is – Fame used to, the term used to be fame as a microscope. Now fame is an electron microscope. Uh, there's an English proverb, you know, pray that a person does not enjoy success before they can endure success. And uh, unfortunately, you know, you take a kid who, 21, 22, 23, you give him a lot of money and a lot of exposure, and you know, you expect him to handle himself like he's Roger Staubach. And uh, sometimes it's very, very difficult. And what we try to do is provide. Uh, our players with the tools uh, to handle uh, being a Dallas Cowboy, uh, how to act responsibly, uh, how to to represent themselves, their families, and and the Cowboys in, in, in the best possible manner, and just how to handle things. Uh, you know, it's 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 a uh, it's a different world, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, they have to be very very circumspect. Uh, you know, I, I I use that English proverb about endurance. Uh, endurance typically comes over time. I mean, you develop endurance over time. Um, but these guys get success right away. And, uh, you know, normally people would, you know, would enjoy the kind of success monetarily, et cetera, after 15 years. These, they get it right away. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we have to try to, you know, to, to make sure that they don't make a lot of bad mistakes. Now, i got to believe, uh, in addition to that knowledge you have to share with these young men, that you've got a lot to say about uh, being a running back in the National Football League. Do you work with the, the players at all, the running back coaches? Do they look for you for any advice? Does that offend you that they don't? Well, no. I mean, we, we, you know, it's, it's interesting. I've always felt that you know, one of the things you cannot do is get between that the relationship between a player and his coach is a sacred sort of a relationship and so you know i will say very nebulous things about running but i'll never uh you know they have coaches who do that and i don't want to get between them and their coaches and, and between the player and the coach um i may see things but i won't you know i mean i'll share it with the coach before i share it with the player now, with Dallas Cowboys Stadium, the uh, fairly new facility, billion-dollar building, uh, a lot of people know about the video monitors um, and about the fan, how e the easy access for the fans to uh, be near the players when they come on the field. What are some of the things about the stadium that you like that maybe aren't so well known to the public? Well, I, I think they're. You know, I mean, it's it's a remarkable stadium. Um, you know, I, I am an art collector, and you know, the, the Jones family has. Uh, as you know, there is a, a collection of world famous artists throughout the stadium. You know, it's, I mean, it's 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 fabulous in that sense. Uh, of course, you know, the video board. Uh, I mean, you get to see uh, you know, three or four different angles on a replay. Is, is there ever like movie night for the Dallas Cowboy family where you guys get a uh, Animal House or an old classic movie and you show it on that the biggest screen there in the middle of the stadium? Not really. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, but it, it's, it's 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 I don't know if you've been there. It's it's really it's a wonder of the world. Uh, I mean, you know, you, you, you look at things like the bathrooms, uh, you know, the concourses. I mean, everything is just perfect about this stadium. Um, and, you know, it's, it's the kind of place that when I leave it, and I've been there for the last two years going to games, but I never, I never cease 
it never ceases to amaze me. And I always look back and say, I can't believe this thing. It's, it's unbelievable. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a place that these guys ought to, you know, be proud of playing at. Um, I can remember when we moved to Texas Stadium uh, in 1971. And that was the flagship of the fleet. And, you know, we as teammates felt like we were privileged to represent the Cowboys in that stadium. And I think that's the way these guys feel about the Cowboys stadium. Well, not only a great professional athlete himself, Calvin Hill, but a proud father of Grant Hill, uh, NBA legend and star. Uh, what advice did you have for Grant when he left college and was drafted into the NBA? Well, um, always listen to your father. <laughs> no, I, you know, it's funny. I, I think... Uh, you know, obviously, you know, he, you know, he was moving to, to young adulthood. Uh, but, you know, the kinds of people that we used as mentors or as, as examples in terms of professional athletes, you know, guys like Paul Warfield, um, you know, Gerald Irons, who played you know, in Cleveland with me, uh, Roger Staubach. Uh, you know, Grant had the benefit of playing under, you know, one of the you know, great X's and O's coaches, but also a guy who really personified the right values and, and Coach Mike Krzyzewski. So he was pretty, you know, he was in pretty, he, he kind of knew what to do. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, it's still tough, you know, when you start to look at the fame and fortune. Uh, but, you know, he knew the call home and we talked about things. What's your favorite uh, memory of Grant as a, as a little boy? Just being a normal kid. My favorite memory, I think, well, I mean, I have so many memories, but he learned how to walk when I was in training camp. And I remember coming back to Dallas, and his mom and, and, and he came out to pick me up. And uh, when he saw me, he started walking towards me. So, you know, I mean, when I left to go to training camp, he was crawling. And all of a sudden, he was walking. And that was a big, big, big thrill. Um, but, you know, you, as a father, uh, I tell people, you know, I mean, it's, it's the hardest job you'll ever love. But, you know, if you're really emotionally invested in, 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 your, in your child, uh, you're going to have so many moments, so many thrills watching them uh, achieve. You know, I mean, watching them realize that you're no longer holding the bicycle. They're, they're riding the bicycle themselves uh, when they come home from school, you know, trying to tell you about their first day in school. And it goes on and on and on. So it's, 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 you know, being a father is a, is, a, is a real joy for me. And then finally, I uh, just have to ask you about your favorite Dallas Cowboy memory uh, as a player on the field. I think my favorite memory uh, was the, you know, the, the countdown at Tulane Stadium when they started, you know, the crowd started you know, counting down the final seconds before we, we won our first Super Bowl. And, you know, I mean, I've, I've always said that, you know, the countdown is almost better than the moment, you know, when, it, when it's over. I uh -huh. mean, because you, you suddenly realize, you know, all the things that you worked for are going to come true. And, you know, I've always felt that the countdown is just really an exhilarating moment when it, when it just sort of dawns on you. This is it. We've won. Uh, and, you know, for one brief shining moment, we're the champions. Adam Ritz is a media personality and keynote speaker, interviewing amazing people from coast to coast. Follow him on Twitter at Adam Ritz or listen to him now on The Adam Ritz Show. That is great. Thank you so much for the warm welcome. Our guest today is Nick Coots. Hi, Nick. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I am doing great. Thank you for joining us in front of the studio audience and uh, talking about your service projects on uh, your home campus of what? 
Cap or uh, Florida Gulf Coast University. Florida Gulf Coast. It's a fairly new university. I, I'm familiar with it in Fort Myers, Florida, and you're a Kappa Alpha Order fraternity gentleman, and uh, your role with the fraternity with this uh, community service project I heard about centered around Christmas. Uh, what was it, and how did it work? It was a week-long philanthropy event called KA Days of Christmas. Uh, basically, we pinned up the five Panhellenic sororities against each other in a way to raise money for muscular dystrophy. So competition between the sororities, and you're the... I guess the overseers and the judge, are you the final judge of that? I mean, what were the, what were the, I, I got to know what these competitive activities were. Oh, we just, uh, we made a whole week of events. We had like kickball tournament. We had uh, like a Mrs. Claus pageant. We had a dunk tank, like an event at a local restaurant, all kinds of stuff like that. Just kind of get them riled up going against each other, hoping to win the, the title of uh, K Days of Christmas. They got a big like, four foot trophy. It's great. And the thing about that that really entertains me is the uh, Mrs. Claus contest. What exactly was the Mrs. Claus contest? Basically what it is, each one of the sororities elected a girl to represent them and hopefully be their Mrs. Claus. And what they would do is we had a whole pageant that I wrote having no previous knowledge of pageants. <laughs> so it was pretty interesting. Um, and just kind of got through and talked about like their experience with the order, their experience with mustard dystrophy, as well as just kind of like their spirit of the season. So it was really just kind of a cool experience to kind of get to know them. Did they have to dress up like Mrs. Claus? Oh, yeah. Uh, turtleneck and full winter garb in Fort Myers, Florida? <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> okay. A little bit less. <laughs> and they, okay, well, I don't want to know that. Uh, <laughs> and the winner, the winner of the Mrs. Claus contest gets her, I heard, gets her picture on your, on your composite, like your staff list of photos. Correct. That was an idea we got actually from the, uh, the chapter of West Florida. They have their Mrs. MDA. So she went from Mrs. Claus to then be our Mrs. MDA. That is fantastic. Okay. And how much money was raised? We raised about $6,700. $6,700 for MDA in Correct. Fort Myers. That is awesome. Let's have a round of applause for $6,700. That is awesome. Well, Nick can't thank you enough uh, for not only coming on the show, but for promoting uh, awareness, fundraising, uh, philanthropy, community service. It's a great inspiration for all of us, not only the people listening uh, in the room here today, but coast-to-coast uh, -coast listening to this broadcast. You can get involved. You can do something. You can make a difference, uh, like all the gentlemen of Kappa Alpha Order, including Nick Coos. Thank you so much for joining us, Nick. Let's have one more round of applause for Nick. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.